last week is talking about Joshua. When suddenly God announced the death of Moses to Joshua, it was God who announced it, that my servant Moses is dead. I don't know what went through the mind of the entire Israel. After seeing this great man, this holy man, this man that can talk face to face with God, this man that stands in between them and God, that any time they have a problem, they will sleep and Moses will carry the problem. Anytime they want to hear from God, they don't have to struggle. Moses will go and struggle and get the word and bring it. Then just at a time you have waited for many years, God announced that Moses is dead. Your physical crutches have been taken away. Your physical hope is taken away. What you look to, what links you to God, what you used to trust in so much in life have been taken away. How will you feel? It might be a sad situation. But God said, that page is closed. I'm opening a new page, a page for your life. And I can imagine if I was Joshua, there's some shoes. You know your own foot cannot enter. It's bigger than you. And God says, play the role of Moses. Meanwhile, you don't even know how God speaks. The first time you heard from God directly was when he announced the death of Moses. And you saw how Moses will always dedicate his life. Moses will sit down for the whole day judging the people and doing all this hard work. And you have not trained yourself to be that. Probably Moses had gone outside before and have gained experience of taking care of sheep. But he had not gone outside. He was in Egypt. So he has no any experience apart from what he had from Egypt and what he saw Moses doing. And sometimes when God gives you a work like that, you see your inadequacy in you. And any time you feel I am not fit to do a job, you are the one who should do it. When our weaknesses are seen, God's strength comes to bear. God takes over where you feel weak. Where you are strong, he will leave you. <laughs> because you already have the strength to perform it. He compensates our weakness with his strength. So he tells most of the people God called. They have to, I know sometimes people want to rush into the calling. But the real call, not that you don't want to do it, but you feel you are not fit to do it. Even Moses, when God called him from the beginning, he started giving excuses 
Say, God, I'm not eloquent. I cannot speak well. I like God. No matter your complaint, your explanation, or what you feel you are, he will still impress on his word. He wants to send you. So Moses will finish talking, and God said, Moses, you are the one I'm going to send. Moses said, oh, I can't. And Moses knows the reason why he said he can't. He knows where God is sending him. They're looking for him. And he understands the power of Pharaoh. That that man has what it takes to crush Moses. The very place he was running away from, that was the very place God was sending him. Moses had a problem, but God solved the problem. With a staff, God said, if you can speak, I will give you somebody to speak for you. But I'm not going to speak to the person direct. I'm going to speak to you. And you have to speak to the person that you can speak to. Sometimes imagine, if you, Moses, you can tell Aaron what you want to say. And Aaron can carry the same message to the king. Then what is, you have said in the palace before, who knows how to talk to kings? Who knows how they speak to kings? If you can speak it, the one who hasn't stayed there before, but God negotiated with him and gave him Aaron. Sometimes fear can make us run away from our responsibilities. After that, God showed great miracles through Moses. And Joshua saw some of the miracles to put him into a spiritual atmosphere. He's not the kind of person. He thinks he's not a spiritual man. Just like some of you have high qualification, high quality, some of you have done communication and everything. If I ask you not to come and preach here, you, you see yourself, you say, this is not where I am trained. <laughs> he was being moved as if he was being moved from the physical into the spiritual realm. Come and handle the church. Yes, if they ask him to handle the nation, he will do that. If they ask him to handle a company, his standard has become an empty. But when they give a church into the person's hand, he's afraid. Or, if I ask you, I want to sit down, come and take us today. <laughs> you will tend to be like a stammerer. You open the scripture, you don't know where to open it. You quote it, you don't know where to quote it. Because you are not used to that. The same way if they ask me to come and lead your company, <laughs> God and I said, I'm going to take you. So with all those fears, he entered into it and they have to move. No, Moses one, God says, stretch forth your rod. I know Moses, everybody knows there's power in Moses' rod. When Moses 
take his rod, when he takes the rod, when they are even testing, they know if he stretches the rod, it will happen. You, Joshua, you don't have anything. On our way, if you're hungry, what can we do? Moses didn't leave his rod down there too. He took his rod up. Everything concerning Moses was taken up. So that when you are coming, you have nothing to lean on, but to lean on the divine God alone. Then God said, what makes Moses' rod work is with you here. It is not the rod. It is me. It is not Prophet Anna. It is God. It is not any great man of God. It is God. He said, the factor that made Moses successful, I am that factor. And once I'm in you, and I'm for you, I, am, I work on your behalf. It is not Moses that nobody couldn't de- defeat. It is me. Anytime I pick a battle, or you pick a battle and I come in, there is no way you can lose. Have you forgotten when you are fighting down there? Do you think it's your experience? Anytime you begin to rely on your experience and Moses, the spiritual realm begins to go down, you see, you lose it. Haven't you seen that? That is why we need to refresh ourselves so that God's presence will fill our life. Now they also have a river to cross, and you know they crossed it. After they crossed, he said, the way Moses crossed, that's not the way you're going to cross it. It's different. That's why you don't copy. Spiritual things, you don't copy them. You learn a lesson from them. These are examples. You don't use example as your work. God instructed them at a time when the river of overflow a bank. Why wouldn't God wait until the well stabilized before he helps you? When everything seems confused and out of control and nothing can be done, that was the time God instructed Joshua cross. When the storm was high, when inflation is rocketing, when the entire world is in trouble, God said, this is the time you must start a business. Say, hey, God, how? This is the time you must take this decision. Say, God, no, 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 according to what we learned from school. <laughs> then you take God to your Legon classroom to give him a proper lecture of the notes your lecturer gave to you and the research you did. Say, God, you haven't done this research. God, because of this, if I do this at this time, it won't work. But God says, move. It's time for you to move. It's time for you to move. Don't look at the situation. Look at God. God said, I'm not going to leave you because I'm going to take the lead. 
Do you know that from the day God spoke to him, he started hearing the voice of God? When God announced his, uh, his presence, he continued to talk to him. If he didn't know how God spoke to him, how will he know that God said, we should cross the, the river? Because God spoke to him. So God knows how to speak to everyone. Maybe different way. And he will make you know that he's the one speaking. So they, they stood in and the river parted. They walked through. But there was a battle to fight. There were cities to take. The land we are going on, every year you enter in, there are battles. Every year has got its own cities to take. This year might be the Jericho. Jericho war. Because of you. The Bible said the gate of Jericho was what? Strictly shut. The reason why things are hard is because of you. Say, because of you people, the place is strictly shut. They sent spies. They went and looked at the place. They were held by a woman and they escaped. They came and when they went to the city, they brought a report back. You see, from the beginning, when God speaks to you, sometimes because you don't know the other side, you are afraid. But when they came back, they said the people, their heart was gone. Everybody was afraid. The people they were afraid of were afraid of them. So those in the city were afraid of the Israelites, but Israelites too were afraid of those in the city. Until they went there and heard and saw that fear of the people has fallen upon them. They said, wow, they people we are going to fight. They didn't say they are afraid of us. Why should we be afraid? Let's go. And the gate was shut. Sometimes gate can be shut. But the fact that gates are shut doesn't mean you can't enter. Man has a way of stopping you from going. Their way is to shut the gate. God has a way of making you enter. His way is breaking the wall. The purpose of a wall is what? What is the essence of a gate if the walls are broken? So let your enemy shut the gate. Let him shut the gate for your prosperity, your marriage, whatever it is. Let him shut it and let everything look impossible. Look, the gate is not the only way God can use to enter. Make your gate there. Gate can remain there. But the city, people will enter. The walls fell. The gate became what? Useless. God was going to deal with the walls. Not only the gates, but he's going to break the entire system down for Israel. God told him, 
Joshua, the way I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Do not turn from where? To the left or to the right. When God speaks his word, he does not look at the circumstances before he speaks. Every circumstance must submit to God's word. So when God speaks, don't look at the things around. Like Zachariah, he looked at his age. Look at the age of the wife. And say, no. God, I know you can do, we all say that. God, I know you can work a miracle. But this one here. Mary was approached the same way. She had her own because it didn't go with science. It didn't go with the natural way. But she wanted to know, say, thing doesn't happen like that. How can this be? Since I don't have a husband. And God showed him the process that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And that will happen. And the Bible says, she believed. She said, blessed are they who believes. Faith is very vital when it comes to taking our land. The battle we are fighting is the battle of faith. Say the battle of faith. If there is anything the devil wants to steal from us, it is our faith. Whenever you lose faith, that's the end of the battle. As long as you, your faith is still standing, you are not down. Faith is a substance. And of things we hope for. What do you hope for? What are our hope as individual, as a nation, as a people? The substance or the reality of what we are hoping for, if we want to get it, is faith. You have a hope, but your faith is what makes it real, what you hope for to be real. Abraham had hope that the wife one day may give birth. And when God spoke, he never saw the child. Look at the wife. They had a struggle from the beginning in believing because all of us will have the same struggle. But at the point, they started, they believed. And she believed based on God's ability. You don't just believe somebody because he says he's going to give you a car. The account have a proverb. Someone who don't have a cloth, if a tight cloth say, I'm going to give you a cloth. 
Someone who is struggling to eat. See, I want to take you to a restaurant. So, God promises his base on his ability to perform. He never promised anything that he can't do. So, anytime God speaks, he does not speak like us. Some of us, we promise based on excitement. When you are excited, your promises start coming. A lot of us get excited and promise out of excitement. But God do not promise based on his excitement, but based on his resources. Moses recognized a new one thing which everybody must know. He knew God. He had a relationship with God and knew God as the one who is able to raise the dead. He knew God as the one who called things when there is nothing. He's able to bring what is nothing to be something. His speciality is that he come to a place and there is nothing and is able to turn the place to something. He special that he doesn't need wood to make a table. So you go to a desert, say, I'm going to make you a table. No tree, nothing. You ask, where will he get? That's the human mind. Where will he get a tree or a wood to make this table? But God has the ability to bring things which be not as though they were. So if you have this little faith in God like that, when you enter into a situation, even if it has never been done by anybody before, you can say believe that it will happen to you. Sometimes our faith is based on what we hear has been done for people. So if it is outside what you've heard was possible before, you cannot believe it. If you are sick and say this disease, anybody attack, it kills you. And Jesus comes around. Or you read the Bible. Maybe a simple scripture, that's it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Then the Holy Spirit picked life and magnify it and makes it real to you that God wants to give you life on earth. He makes it as if it's your word and somebody speaking to you. Then you hear, I'm the Lord that healed you. Then you hear, is there anything too hard for me? It begins to create faith in you. And before you realize what you are afraid is no longer something to be feared. At least you'll be the first person to break through that disease. And they were right. This person got the disease. Some will argue about it, that that was not a disease. 
is something that looks like it. Whenever people cannot explain, they find reasons. Abraham knew God as God who calleth things which be not as though they were. How God called him Abraham, but indeed, in practical terms, he wasn't Abraham. Was it? What is the meaning of Abraham? Father of what? Somebody who hasn't been given birth to a child. How do you call him father of many nations? So when you look at it in the physical realm, that do not look like it is Abraham's name. When we look at you in your physical realm, your promise does not look like you are the one. When you look at the physical realm, the Israelites didn't look like they can take Jericho. But walls were built around it. The thick walls where horses can run on the wall. Very thick wall. That's very difficult to break. And the gate too was what? So how are you going to take a nation which gates are locked, which walls are very strong? How are you going to take it? It takes God. No wonder Joshua was there praying, seeking the face of God. And on the way, he met the real man who was leading them. And he said, he remembered. You know, he didn't even know it was God. He couldn't design like Moses. <laughs> He's a soldier. So anybody who is dressed like an, a military man, either you are for me or you are against me. So he saw it and he wanted to defend himself first. He, he moved his He said, hey, Charlie. And it came to pass, when Joshua was in Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him. A man what? Didn't say God, he said, a man stood what? Opposite him. With what? With his sword drawn in his hand. When somebody takes a sword drawn in his hand, he's ready for combat. There is a way the police or the army get ready. So the man was ready to fight. And he met Joshua. Look at what the man. A man stood opposite Joshua and drawn his sword. And Joshua remembered if Joshua feared what would happen, he would be defeated. So Joshua, whether he heard the word of God really or not, he said, only be courageous. He take a courageous man to meet a man with a sword to ask him whether you are for me or you are against me. And Joshua went to him and said to him, 
Are you for us or for our enemy? Are you for us in this room? Are all of you for Christ? Or some of you are here to look for fools? <laughs> are you for us anytime there's a gathering? There are other people there. While you are worshiping, deep into it, somebody too is planning. <laughs> are you for us? Are you for God here in this church? Or there's a different reason why you are here? Did you come to listen to God? Or you came to look for business partner? Or you came to look for a husband or a wife? What is your purpose here? So he said, no. But ask what? I'm not for you. I'm not against you. I'm the commander. As commander of the army of what? Of the Lord. I have now come. Now mean that commander has come on the ground. Once the commander is there, he is the one who gives the command. And in the army, the command comes from the top. And it is, he also gives, he also gives until he gets the last lesson. So the commander has come, the one who will say, move here, who have got the, the strategy of the war. Go. And he said, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. I have now come. So don't worry. He has now come. And do you know what Joshua did? He said, Joshua, you don't fight your commander. Joshua said, wow. So Joshua was struggling. Probably he was struggling. How can I overcome this people? How can I fight this very trained soldiers, people who have fought in their life, we have walked in our life and they have fought in their life. They have all the experience. We don't have the experience. How can we fight them? The commander came and said, I am the commander. I know I can use you to win the battle. So, he fell on his face and did what? And worshipped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? The most important thing in life is what God says to you. It's not what man says to you. It's not what the situation says to you. It's not what other people are saying to you. Some of us, we are walking in this world according to the dictate of people. They want you to behave like this. So you are behaving like that. And because of that, you are not happy in life. What does God say to me? Well, it is based on what God says that he can win his battle. 
So anytime you come to church, this should be your question. What does my Lord say to his servant? Anytime you're coming, pray that God speak to me. Say something to me. As I preach, there are things God is saying to some people. Take those ones. It is those things that create faith. It's not anything, but the thing God speaks to you, they are the one that you can hold on. That in time of trouble, you remember God has said this in this preaching. And I felt that God was speaking to me. You go back to it and hold on to that. It makes you victorious in this situation. Then the commander of the Lord said to Joshua, take your what? Take your sandals off your foot. For the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua, Joshua would have complained. I'm a military man. We don't take our shoes. Take your sandals. Where you are standing, you don't walk the way like the way you walk in the world. You're walking sandals is what? What is the sandals? Where you walk to, where you stand. Now, remove those old sandals. Where you are standing is the holy ground. So holiness is prerequisite for victory. It goes with faith. Joshua, remove your old ways. Where you should go, which you know is not right. Don't walk that way again. Remove it. Because where you are standing is what? Is a holy ground. The church should be made a holy ground. Now Jericho was what? Securely what? Shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. It didn't bother Joshua now. Now, the commander is there. Shut all the gates. You have no business fixing how you will break the gate. The commander is the one who has a business to plan how the thing will go. So he just left the thinking on the commander. And the commander gave a command. And the Lord said, see. He said, see. Your ability to see. Your victory. Energize your faith. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Here is a problem. Jericho was what? Strictly shut, and that is a problem. Very serious problem for this army. And the word of the Lord came. Say, look, don't look at the gate, but rather 
Look into your hand. See, I have given Jericho where? Into your hand. In your hand is Jericho. Not only Jericho. It kings. People, no, there is a land. But there are kings. If you don't deal with the kings, you haven't won the battle. In our life, there are problems. You must, deal, you must be able to capture the king. If you don't capture the king or the queen, some of you pray, how do you call it? Chess. The king is very important, isn't it? Or the king, they protect the king. They will protect him as long as the king is still on his throne. You haven't taken it. You may take half of the country, three quarters of it, as long as the king is still holding on. You haven't won the battle. So the first thing you must do is to take the king. When the king is taken, you know the rest is done. That is why Africa, when they do coup, they let the president travel first. Then they'll cut him off. As long as he's in the seat, they will have to fight and fight until they get hold of the president. So, the one controlling the city I have given to you, the one troubling your life is in your hand. The things that are stopping you, the one behind it, I have given you. When Paul wrote his book, he said, we are not fighting against what? But against what? The first name he mentioned is principalities. The prince, the one in control, the one in power, the one that created all those problems. The, the one we are fighting with, I have given you the kings. The king uses some people to fight. The king and the mighty men of what? Valor. Once you have the people who are going to fight against you, they are in your hand. So in natural fact, you will determine. Imagine they put everybody into your hand. Some people have people in their hand. They can manipulate them. And the person have control over you. What is that? You have control over the king. Whatever you want to do to them, you can do it. Today, the king of the situation of your Jericho is in your hand. Thursday I was telling people that sometimes the reason why our prayers are not answered is that instead of praying, we are complaining. I'm ready. My time for no door, I'm ready. A town fuck is in Ketwa. A tintin ya titia. 
That's good. After saying that, tell God what he should do. If God wants to answer that prayer, how should he answer it? You are only telling him to look at them. So he will look at them. Oh, I don't know. The woman, the widow who went to the judge, said the judge should avenge. He told the judge what to do. He said, Look, you are the one, so he harassed. The judge so much. And the judge didn't want to sit on the case. The woman said, hey, you don't know me. Once you are accepted to become a judge, it is your duty. This is a legal situation. So I'm demanding from you what you ought to do. Your work is to do. She harassed the judge so much that they just said, this woman, if I don't sit on her case, I will never have my peace. The woman did not only complain that people were doing something. She said, he should avenge. Who again? Jabesh. They call him pain. It's not the English pain. And everywhere the boy went, his life was creating pain. He never had friends. Any place you go, something happened to you, and it cannot be explained. As if harassing demons are harassing you, you start a business with somebody, you fight. The person walk away without explaining things to you. You go to this place, people leave. You employ people, they run away. You bring house help, no one of them, none of them stay. You want to help them, you even take them to school. They will still run away. There are kings behind. You say, Lord, I don't want to be in this state until you see yourself that the situation is wrong. God cannot help you. So you speak. After giving your complaint, I want you to pray and ask God. Don't only complain. What do you want God to do for you? You must bring your petition. Tell God. Don't say, he stole my thing. Say, I want the thing back. Huh? Don't say, people come and they run away. Say, God, I want people to stay. Don't only say, I'm hungry. Say, God, I am hungry, but I want food to eat. Don't say, oh, God, this sin is always putting me down. Tell him, God, help me to overcome this sin. That is how we present our prayers. If God comes now and bring, what answer are you expecting? If he said nothing, don't expect anything. 
He said, you receive not because what? You ask not. And one day we'll be talking about prayer and every, there are different type of prayers with different rules. There are some you pray and break through. There are some it comes out of faith and God has spoken it, you declare it. There are some is spiritual warfare. And yeah, grow, grow. Where you need to do spiritual warfare is not gentility. Where you need to exercise prayer of faith, you agree. Prayer of agreement. You agree and we pray the prayer of faith. First, there's a faith in your heart that God has done. And you start declaring it. Then you start saying, say, oh, I am here. I am here. I am here. Then you feel this. Hey, I did not sound back. Anybody who dealt with God brought a specific request. So today, I wanted to bring a specific request. At least the first thing in your heart, your primary need in life, your pressing need, I don't need to hear it. Nobody needs to hear it. Speak to God and tell God, this is my request. Some of us want healing. We want health. Speak to him. Father, we lay our request before you. The one that heareth prayers, that have what it takes to perform it. Pray for our family. Pray for our nation. We pray for ourselves. We pray for our friends. Father, we need a recovery in our life. Lord, we pray for all those who have backslided. Bring them back. Those who've left the church, Lord, speak and stir them up by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, and bring them back. Lord, anoint our lips that as we go out to speak the gospel, may it cut through the heart and the soul of men. And may it convince their heart and may you reveal yourself to them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.